sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, gang? Griff here. Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, another episode where I heard the sound. Oh. I heard the intro, which means that we are... I think that does mean we're definitely on the central time zone Discord uh, server. <laughs> um, I'm starting to f- view uh, feel like a um, there is a connection uh, connection to that somehow. Weird how the technology it seems to have something to do with when I hear shit and don't. Um, of course, as usual, jump joined by um, Tony, who actually right before this did tell me he couldn't fight a child. Is that right? You would not be able to defeat a child in a in a fist fight. I think that's correct. Like a lot of people overestimate their ability to fight people. Um, Logan Paul, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, great example of that. He takes on a 50-year-old Floyd Mayweather and just gets destroyed by somebody who hasn't had a legitimate fight in 10 years. Right. Um, so even your man in the street is perhaps a worse example of, of people that think they can they can take on people right. above their weight class. And I'm under no illusion that I could probably beat a toddler, but once yeah. you go above toddler into child, I think I would struggle. Because um, mm. their ability, ability to grab onto my good leg and just bring me oh, down. Yeah. Bring you down, take you just, down, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't stand a chance. And the disadvantage that every adult male has is our vulnerable parts are right at hitting level as well. Right, yeah, right. We're they're essentially a punching bag for the little kid. Yeah, yeah, like a speedball um, punching bag as well, not like a heavy bag, but just like a speedball. Just well, of course. For the record, I don't think it's cool to fight children, but that's okay, Tony. I'll let you have that. Um, I uh, I would challenge them to an intellectual battle, uh, and and. Defeat them in the field of deba- debate, like a grown man should. Me and Ben Shapiro, okay. you know, I, I challenge Sir, little little child. I challenge, I challenge you to debate. To a debate. Uh, that's what I would do, and I would win. See, you picked the wrong person there. After all the happenings of the week, I don't know whether you follow the um, left right no, drama really. on YouTube, but um, Sam Cedar is always trying to take on Stephen Crowder because Stephen Crowder picks right. on random college students with a debate yeah. he's prepared. So Sam yeah, has right. tried yeah. to take yeah. him on at Politicon. Crowder ducked him there. Sam's called him out a bunch of places. And so Stephen Crowder decided to take on a non-political person on their podcast. Instead, they switched guests and put Sam in the uh, debate instead of themselves. That's funny, yeah. And uh, Stephen Crowder again ducked him, and it, it was glorious to watch that, that right-wing grifter. Um, well, the problem, just, the problem is that those guys... For himself and his voice got yeah. really high, not Ben Shapiro high, but you could tell he, he, he was sort of... He didn't know what to do because he's not good at thinking on his feet. That's why he has his whole stick with his gun holsters and, yeah. He, he got punched in the nuts by a child. I think that's what happened. That's how his <laughs> voice got shot up. Uh, yeah, those get the problem with debating those guys. Now, a child, you know, I don't think a child can do the um, the mental uh, gymnastics to convince themselves that they've won. Uh, the problem with those guys is they whether the, whether you've debated them and you've whatever quote unquote won or not, you will never win. They will never 
Yes. They will always be convinced that they won. So what's the point, right? It's sort of like there's no point to doing it. I don't know. I don't know why anyone would be like, yes, this is what I want is to debate fucking one of these idiots. Like, it's just not it's debating Dennis Prager has no result other than Dennis Prager saying that Dennis Prager won the debate, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. If you can actually show that debate and it shows that Dennis Prager didn't win, the only people he will then be sort of saying he won to and believe him will be his own fan. And the problem with somebody like and Prager... those are the only people who do listen to Dennis Prager well, no, and that's care about problem. what Dennis Prager thinks. No, I mean, that, <laughs> that's the huge problem here, is that Dennis Prager is the leading example of this, is that his videos have sort of proselytized um, a new right-wing class in America through this sort of pseudo-intellectual bullshit that, that he pushes. So if we can at least show that he's a sham, even if he says he's not a sham, that's at least doing a service. Make people look stupid. Even if they say, I'm not stupid, look at this. If you can see in the debate these people are, are stupid, that's a win. Who cares what Doesn't they he... say? Right. Doesn't he associate with that guy who cries all the time? That guy, uh, Jordan, Jordan Peterson, the guy who's always crying or something. What a weirdo. Jordan Peterson, um, whose uh, daughter um, is dating a pickup artist. So, yeah, doing well there. Cool. Is, it, is it that guy who wrote the book that you guys uh, talked about on TAI? I, I think it is that same guy. And <laughs> even even better. Art of, the, art, of the, art of the pick, art of something. It's art of the whatever. Art of the, yeah. yeah. Art of the, yeah. I don't remember. Oh. But it just tells him, like, all right, uh, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to dominate your yeah. It's a bunch of fucking sexist bullshit, insane bullshit. So here's the funny thing, though. Congrats on reviewing that book on TAI, by the way. That was a good that, gift that, for you guys. That wasn't me. I, I've never read it. Um, <laughs> there's a shocker. But the interesting fact is that um, Jordan Peterson was put onto a diet by his son in son in law and got extremely ill. Nice. Not because of it, but at least at the same time as it. But I think it is 100% the cause of it because his diet, rather than going vegan or vegetarian, he went 100% meat. And oh, my God. Yeah, that'll get you sick. <laughs> that will get you sick. But Bro, uh, you got to go easy on the meat. That's something I've learned even, you know, you got to, like, not eat the – you don't need that much protein. You're sitting on a, you're sitting on a computer chair all day. No, pro, You don't need much protein. You don't need – you just don't. Not, not worth it. Uh, Tony, as always at the beginning of our show, I, I like to publicize that you uh, you can join this fascinating discourse along with us, if you'd like, on our Discord channel. Not Discord. Kind of sounds like discourse, actually. That's interesting. Um, I don't think like it has anything to do with it. but It's almost like there's some Latin root, and we do know a Latin speaker in our Discord, so maybe he can tell me. Um, maybe, but maybe there's some root... That uh, that implies that discord and discourse have a similarity, um, and maybe that says something about our country when you think about it. Oh yeah. Anyways, you can get on there. Just send us a uh, send us a note uh, on Instagram, maybe um, or an email, and I will uh, eventually read it and eventually invite you to it. Um, this week we had, you know, the usual fun. I thought this week um, uh, I've been a little less active. Uh, this week, just because I don't know, I'm living at my um, in-laws, as, as I've mentioned, so I'm maybe not posting quite as much. 
But um, we did have the uh, events over at Skeleton Key that I posted about on both Instagram and Discord. Um, hope hope everybody got a chance to at least peek at that and be aware of it. Those guys have certainly raised enough money, I think, to start being able to kind of patch some of the gaps that they're dealing with. But um, it's kind of kind of crazy. Uh, I don't know, Tony, if you ever looked at any of the pictures or, or scrolled through any of that stuff, but had this beautiful tap room and it's just totally leveled pretty much wow. by a tornado that blasted through the area. Um, there were a bunch of people responding to it, not on our discord, obviously, but on Instagram, like, uh, don't these guys have insurance? Why do they need a fundraiser? I'm like, bro, if you're placing all your trust in fucking state farm, I think you got, you got other problems. Like the fa- famously friendly people over at state farm will just hand you some free money. No questions asked. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so we, we don't all know do that. How insurance works out. Um, it, it's they will question everything for your, your health care system. That works an absolute right. treat. Um, have not had any trouble with it at all. Did not have to spend $1,400 out of pocket last Friday. Not at oof. all. Yeah. Ouch. Now, it's not just been Discord that's been going off. And we should say our Discord is not a lot of political chat. It's normally nonsense. No, it's not. Occasional fundraiser. Yep. But uh, it's a cool place to hang out. But we did get an email, Griff. I don't know whether you saw that we oh, got an shit. email. <laughs> And it was in relation. Uh, <laughs> now Griff's scrambling to find his show uh, email to see whether uh, he can get it. This all for uh, a one sentence email, but I'm going to make him search for that email. But it was in response to a topic that we actually. Um, oh yeah, that's right. We talked do. about um, <laughs> uh, one of the Bush families being cuckolded by Harry Carey. Um, and it was Gus August three. That's who it was. August three. Then he fired Harry Carey from his broadcasting job again. Um, or with the Cardinals, and he never worked. Corey said he never worked again. Yeah, I don't think he ever did anything after that time with the Cardinals. Um, uh, that's pretty funny. So thank you, Corey. I, I figured he would be the one who had the answer on um, Harry Carey, uh, who Harry Carey was sleeping with <laughs> in the 60s. Um, but I'm sure you're familiar with Harry Carey to, of, a, to a degree, Tony. Of course, from all the baseball films um, that he was in. Um, like and, rookie of the uh, year. Now, funny enough, I believe he went from the Cardinals to the White Sox for a couple seasons. Actually, really, I always and then was and then was with the Cubs as a very old man. He was already a very old man when he made it to the Cubs. Okay, um, he was never a young man broadcasting for the Cubs. He he was already probably in his in his late sixties and looked older because of all the various uh, activities he was part like getting really fucking blasted pretty much every day. Um, I think he probably took over in the early 80s, maybe late 70s. Oh, there with you the go. Cubs. I always thought he was much more um, an institution. Now, is that still a thing? Not only in baseball, but I'm talking all sports here. Local announcers, are they still as mm-hmm. popular as, say, he was back in his day? Well, perhaps not to that um, extreme, but... Maybe not to that degree, but... There's still guys who are kind of institute. I, you know, it was a big deal this year when, because Len Casper, the longtime broadcaster for the Cubs, um, had always wanted to work in radio, uh, so he left and he took the radio job on the South Side wow. uh, with the White Sox, who are looking for a radio guy. Now um, is that big so the news Cubs have a new broadcaster. If you move from team to team, or it's just... Between the Cubs and the White Sox, I mean, it was a thing, and then I think people just kind of forgot. It's a little weird to hear him on the radio doing Sox games, but whatever. He's a pro. Um, yep. He was with the Cubs for a long time. 
Um, and now the Cubs have a guy who does ESPN, frequently did ESPN, um, John Shambi, uh, who is doing the Cub games now. And he's really good. So um, I'm sure he'll become a favorite after a few years. And yep. no big deal. But it's not quite as institutionalized, I don't think, anymore. I think that I think the people are a little more mobile these days would be my thought. See, uh, it's not no. a thing here in Australia. We don't have our own team commentators. So no, no, yeah, that's not a thing in England either. I always no. realize that because, um, I mean, that's not the case with, I mean, with Premier League here, right? You just get the rotating broadcasters. I do, no. I do always think about this though, and I don't know if this is the case with Australia, but because of all the weird broadcasting rights and the uh, different, like it's it's harder to watch Premier League f- football in the UK than it is in the States. No, that's something that was, I don't know if that's the case where, where you are, but um, for some reason, only a few games get broadcast, you know, to the entire country. But um, I feel the same about the NBA. I, I have league pass over here. So perhaps mm-hmm. that's different, but I, I don't have any blackout games at all. Never. And I right. get all yeah. the local announcing teams. So that was a part of the reason why I asked the question, because there are certain teams that I really love to follow because their announcers are terrible. Um, Portland has recently taken the crown. Um, Sacramento used to be so awful. It was really entertaining, but because both those, um, I think one died and then the other one got sacked because yeah, of Yeah, one comments. of them did die. I remember that. Yeah, but I loved terrible teams together. Like Chicago is entertaining. Um, Neil and Stacey. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves them. But they're just fun in general. They're not terrible. They're just, they're, Neil, Neil's on his way out. Neil's an old man. Of course. And that, that's the issue with a lot of these yeah. teams is they have to bring in new talent. Um, we saw that with the Warriors team. Um, the mm. coloured dude there was, was That really, guy was old too. Yeah, yeah he was really old. But and Tommy um, Heinsohn die recently. Yeah, too. see, there was another <laughs> yeah. team that I truly love. Skell's fine, but yeah, there's no Tommy. Skell, yeah. Tommy is yeah. hilarious because he would he would argue the the replay when you see yeah, that everything. there was contact yeah. on a replay. You could see, see you can see a gap. He didn't touch that, him. That didn't like, happen. Yeah, like you can see his arm. Inceptioning it. Yeah, <laughs> grabbed out. But um, in Australia, we can get access to. Four to five games on free-to-air TV, so your major TV that's free, and then all right. the rest of the games are broadcast both on on our cable version. So what sure. you get is the um, the majors broadcast, but without any of the ads during live play. You only get them at the quarter and half-time breaks yeah. rather than... For, for Aussie rules? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's good, yeah. So, uh, and so with, with football here... Um, American football, I actually, we get like two national games, you know, and you always yep. get your local game, but it's always done by a national team. Oh. So there's no, there's no local broadcasters for NFL TV football. Um, you get, but there, there are locals for the radio. So you get locals on the, on the radio here. And that's, uh, speaking of, yeah. Just before we wrap that up, because Aussie rules used to be played all at the same time. So Saturday, oh, yeah. two o'clock. I remember that used to be the the same time because it just used yep. to be based in Victoria. So each radio station would take an individual game. And now, mm-hmm. of course, because of TV, it's spread out over three days, sometimes five, depending on public holidays and Thursday night games and everything. And so 
the lead teams get to every game and we don't have what used to be called around the ground. So you used to have these teams of yeah. radio broadcasters and then they would shoot off to one guy to have yeah. sort of do a 30-second of the highlights of what's happening in that game. And, yeah, that, that doesn't happen anymore and it's that's, it's a culture change that's from more when like I was growing is. up. That's more like it is with football here is you have windows and same with Premier League is you have – and that's how it is in the UK, right? They have windows, game windows, so – They'll play six at noon and six at, you know, yep. whatever. I guess it's five. They'll play five at noon and three at 3 p.m. and then two on Monday Monday or something like yeah, that. But, see, um, that's kind of the deal here. See, the it's only Saturday and Sunday do you get an overlapping game and it's only ever two right. overlapping games and that's so they can make sure that every game gets broadcast and, yeah, everybody gets yep. a chance to see it and they get their – their dollars from the TV rights broadcasting. So you got to have it. Uh, all right. Speaking of basketball, Tony, and that was football. So not a good segue, but anyways, we were talking about basketball at some point earlier. Um, uh, let's, let's play a, a sad, a requiem for the Philadelphia slash Melbourne 76ers. They've been, They've been sent to Valhalla. Uh, ben Simmons has been placed onto the flaming pyre and pushed down the river sticks. Uh, well, for until next year, anyways, where he will reemerge and then he'll be an MVP candidate for eighty some games for somebody um, shooting thirty five percent probably. But um, Tony, what'd you think? That was a brutal. That was a brutal game. Are well, you hurting? Are you, are you stung? Look. I would be, but Ben Simmons was trash. It was a trash series for him. There's no other way to, to put it. Mm-hmm. But for that team to put it all on one person is kind of um, symptomatic of the problem with that organisation. Yep. So you've got this um, MVP, um, essentially winner this year, except he missed too many games in Joel Embiid, giving up eight turnovers. And that's before the last quarter dive. And yep. not to take any sort of um, mere culpa and say, yes, it was partly my fault. It was all on, on Ben. And Tobias Harris to miss three open layups. That kind of has a problem with the team. These are symptoms yep. of a team that has been dysfunctional since Sam Hinkey was taken out of his job and replaced by mm-hmm. Brian Colangelo. Uh, it's an organisation that will not win with those two stars at the controls. No. I still say Simmons is a star, just had the, one of the worst series. But we've seen this from stars. We saw this yep. from Paul George last year. Um, and yesterday also. Yeah, where he often goes missing, and I think I think you'll see that with Ben, and that he's not a guy that delivers every time. But maybe there's three guys in the NBA that deliver every time, and that's why they're all-time greats. But the whole organisation um, is babied. Like to say that Ben was babied is is sort of missing the point. Joel Embiid is one of the most babied people in the league. Um, I think Tobias also falls into that category. The He's Philly, gotten a lot of, yeah. The Philly bench is fucking useless for the names that are on it. George Hill, um, 
was not a good acquisition. He didn't add anything to the team. Uh, Dwight Howard would be the one upside for that bench. And, like, when you've got Dwight Howard being the upside, that shows how much trouble you're in. Um, It really isn't the roster that should have been put together. Yes, Seth Curry was good. Danny Green isn't an outside shooter these days. He doesn't have the legs like he once did. So they need more outside shooting and pure outside shooting and give up more on the defensive end. Um, Mm. I don't know what Tobias Harris's role in the league is because while he's not a terrible defender, he's not a lockdown defender. Trey Young will toast him for 40 and have 15 assists because he he backs a, a step and a half away from people and that's why they needed to rotate Ben and right. Matisse onto him. And that is the one thing. While the offensive side of Ben's game was a garbage fire, his defense was still good and it still uh, yeah. minimized He's Trey's a great defensive effect. player. And, and you're never yeah. going to shut down somebody like Trey Young when he's on fire like he was right. in that series. But what you're going to minimise is his points and his effectiveness from field goal. Even in that last game, Trey Young, while Ben was on him, was one for eight, I believe, and yep. um, then started hitting stuff from the fucking logo. And what can you do to stop that? Um, that's the yeah, shot you, you want to take. You can't do anything about it, right? So, yeah, that's what Trey Young does. Yeah, that, that team will need to be dismantled, and I think... Um, Restart the process. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but why not? Why not at this point for Philly? Get every piece of value you can. It's what they, they've done. That's, in all they, that's all they're there for is value. They're yeah. the value team. Um, okay, well, that's all right. Uh, Tony, they'll be back next year. They're not going to take that team apart. There's no way Brian Colangelo will let that happen. They will try to add. They will be a two seed next year and we'll be going, all right, maybe. Um, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, so you don't Phoenix, think they're going to – sorry, want, I just want to get back to Philly. You don't yeah. think they're going to blow that team up? I think they are. I think they might move one of the guys. I think that's it. And they will get something big back. I don't think they're going to be bad next year. I think they're going to play – Worst case, I think they win, you know, 48, 50 games and make but the playoffs. But Here's the thing. They weren't bad this year. They were bad for yeah. for, for a series. They were number one seed. So, That's of course, they're not going to be bad. I don't know why you would take it apart. Well, I mean, you, it, had a, you got a bad matchup and a guy and a, a young guy played a bad game. Uh, I don't think what it was are you a, do with it, a bad you know? matchup, but I do agree that it was a, a bad game and a bad series. And Right. Yeah. So. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the league? If you have two really, really good players, I would say you. If you, once you get rid of one of those guys, you're just looking for the next one of those guys. Yeah. So that's your problem. Um, uh, I don't want to talk about Phoenix. I just want to say we were on Phoenix early. Uh, that game yesterday was very, very good with uh, the eight and the value, as <laughs> it were, was was excellent. Loved watching Paul George miss the free throws. Free, free throws. I, I, I've never thought he was not an Indiana Pacer, and he proved that to us yesterday with a very Indiana Pacers performance. Um, he looked like the 2012 Paul George that came to the United Center and got whipped by the Bulls. So. Now, who uh, but are we Derek on? Rose and the Bulls. So. so we are on Phoenix because I'm personally on Phoenix. So we as a show are on I Phoenix. I love Phoenix. Because yeah, we're always on Phoenix. So you're on Phoenix when they went 8-0 in the bubble. So you, you had Phoenix yeah. early. We're sticking with Phoenix. So. Uh, Phoenix and I would I still I think Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is uh, – oh. after that game, that game seven was really spicy, that game seven with the Nets. So I think uh, 
I think they've um I think they've got their eyes on it right now. They're feeling they're feeling close. Are they can if they can stay focused, I think they've they've got it. But um at least they're gonna get to the finals anyways. Uh, I would love to see Phoenix Atlanta. I would love it. Uh because it would be very excellent. But I just I think Milwaukee um it feels like Giannis has the eye of the tiger a little bit right now, so He's the best player left. Let's just throw that out there. I think yes. Giannis is the best player left. Which um, often wins games um, mm-hmm. this time of year. But versus um, perhaps the most intelligent player that the NBA has ever seen, and I, I don't necessarily like him to watch, watch him play, even though his team's fun right, right now, but Chris Paul has to be up in that sort of top five yeah. intellectual players in the NBA of all time. And if they get him back, I mean, let's see what he looks well, like yeah. in game three. But yeah, they won. Yeah. Ga- they won two games without him, so that, they seem to be true. they're rolling. And that shows the development um, of Aiton and 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 Booker yeah, and that Aiton looked like little looked like a healthy, lean Greg Oden yesterday. He reminded me of Greg Oden for the like his one <laughs> Ohio State year in his ten oh, good games in the NBA. He, I don't he even was, think he, was, he just can say 10 he rebounds. He rebound. He was rebounding everything. Everything was in his hands. It was amazing. Yep. Um, all right, real quick. So this isn't real quick. This is something longer, and this is why I want to hurry up because I have a theory Ooh. that I want to present, Tony, and I have to talk through this, and I want to see your reaction to this, okay. what you think this could be. So I don't know if you saw this, Tony, but today the Harlem Globetrotters wrote a letter to Adam Silver uh, with the, you know, widespread belief that there will be an expansion, two expansion franchises coming to the NBA in a couple of years. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters said, we should be the expansion franchise. Um, and they wrote a letter and they said, you know, we, our organization has, you know, spread the, the, the game, you know, far and wide over the past hunt, you know, 7,500 years. Um, we, we beat the Lakers in the forties or whatever they did. They, um, you know, they had most of the best players. They helped get the league integrated, very influential, uh, organization and team in the history of basketball. I don't, I do not dispute that now, obviously I don't think they're arguing and I don't generally, the belief has been like, what are they going to do? They're going to have, are they, does their team get to use the ladders or what? And I don't think that's the idea. I think what they're saying is maybe there should be a Globetrotters franchise, right? With real NBA players that do real yeah. NBA things, right? And um, now I want to throw a theory out there because this is, I, I'm, I'm interested to see, and I'm, I, it's, I, I think this could happen, and I feel like there's a conspiracy behind this, and this is pretty in-depth. I could post this on 8chan maybe and get Q drop or something, and we'll see if I get anything out of it. Um, That'd be 8-coon, of I, course, these days. 8-coon. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to present a couple of just facts, ancillary facts. So number 1, <clears throat> they're building a basketball stadium in Las Vegas right now. Yes. MSG is. It's a big sphere. <laughs> um I'm just going to put that out there right now. So there's all, so two of the the two markets that have been rumored for expansion are Vegas and Seattle. Yep. So there you go. That's the other thing. So is there a possibility and is this a doesn't this feel like a great fit that you could have the Harlem Globetrotters of Las Vegas or the Vegas Globes or something like that they play at the globe it's a big sphere 
This no, you don't, you don't like this one. This is a terrible idea because I think you've either got to take the Harlem Globetrotters in two directions. They've either got to be in Harlem or near Harlem. There's already three. There's already two New York teams. You're not going to have a New York. Team. I, I agree. I, I I'm not saying that's the way to go. Or they need to sort of embrace that globetrotting name and become the first team in the NBA that doesn't have a true home. No home. No home. No, they can't do that. See, well, I think they're the Globetrotters because they play at the Globe, and I would say that the reason they fit in Vegas is because of their show, their showman history, their show, the nature of them as a performing unit in the past, right? So you could certainly get the, the touring group involved in their stuff or have a unit that's around the 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 stadium more regularly. And then uh, guess what? Your other team is in Seattle. Uh, hello, the Washington Generals, but from Washington <laughs> State. All right, so now you've got now, the like Globetrotters. This, you this is what you should have peeled out straight away. That is starting to fit And you've got the Washington like Generals, and they play the first game, the two expansion teams. They're both going to suck because they're NBA expansion teams. And the, and the Generals beat the Globetrotters for the first time in 75 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the NBA Generals and the NBA Globetrotters. And we've got them both, right? So the Globetrotters are playing at the Globe. The Washington Generals are uh, in Seattle, and we've 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 sucked them both into the league. So I think that pretty much solves all of the NBA's problems. Now, the other argument I would make is the reason this is a good idea is you've got a built-in brand, Vegas. If you take this, right? If you could do this, you're essentially just buying the name. You don't want you don't need the team, right? Yeah. The the reg, the Globetrot. I mean. Great guys, right? We'll keep the touring group. That's its own thing. But they're they're you know old college D two players who can do like can kick the ball into the basket and jump on trampolines and stuff. I mean, it's I love it. It's great, but it's just a whole other thing. Yeah. Um. You've you've got. Um. And I I just think it's a I think it's a lovely fit, right? So you've got this established brand instead of having to be like the Vegas fucking jacks or some shit you know whatever like bandits you right you've got something that you've just sort of already got built in um well known uh and and established a performing unit so i just think it's a weird fit so that's my conspiracy theory this was all designed in advance (laughs) um now is it now do i actually believe it'll happen no but i but i do think there's there's some weird coincidences mixed in there that I could draw, sort of, and I think they're more. I think they're tighter coincidences than are built than QAnon is built on. Just for the record, so. Oh, for sure. That, that, but that's not saying much, really. I'm. I wasn't on board with this conspiracy theory until you added that second team, and then it all the comes Washington together. Generals. Yeah. yeah, it is that red piece of thread that ties from. <laughs> Drawing pin to drawing pin, it makes sense now. Now, do I think there should be a team in Vegas? Absolutely. And do I think there should be a team in um, Washington? Yes. Oh, yeah. But the bigger issue for me is we need to redraw the boundaries between East and West. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Because when you have New Orleans in the West – I think that's the point, right? Is that they were going to move New Orleans and um, somebody else was going to go into Memphis. the east, um, 
and Memphis. Yeah, they were going to move New Orleans and Memphis into the East. And then they would have the two new West teams, and that would even out the conferences. Um, boy, Memphis would love being in the East. They want that to happen right now. <laughs> Are the conferences the most overrated divisions in sport? Um, because they're almost meaningless in the NBA. Um, because Except for the playoffs, I mean... Yeah, but only in the first round of the playoffs. Because once you get to those top four teams right. in the East and the West, they right. yeah. they are essentially yeah. the same. I, I don't care what people say. Right now in the Especially NBA, this year. those, so, those yeah. eight teams playing against each other are probably the best eight teams in the NBA, minus right. Philly. Right, right. yeah. Um, all right, so that's our basketball talk. I want I want to jump into beer. We've been going for 30 minutes on, on this already, basketball and shit. <laughs> We could turn um, this into a basketball podcast just with no, five we are, we're too stupid because all basketball podcasts now are like Kevin O'Connor fucking telling me that Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand and, and telling me about the pick and roll defense of the Nuggets or something, which I just don't care about. Um, Tony, I know you, you mentioned last week you had a little bit of a slow week. You were not you were not uh, getting quite as shit faced all the time like me. Uh, what were you drinking this week? You said you got back into it a little bit. I did. I did have one sour, which was quite nice, and that was by Deschutes. It was their family tree series. But it's been a big, heavy week for stouts. I shouldn't say heavy right. because most of them were either stouts or porters that, that came in under mm-hmm. 7%. So so quite um, easy drinkers. Had an oyster stout in there, really, really delicious, underrated um, style. I don't know whether you've had an oyster stout. Um, but I, I have. I, 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 I enjoy them. Yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Um, it's it's something that goes really well with those darker malts, that little bit of saltiness. Um, so big fan of that beer. But my number one, of course, is if you're going to have stouts, you're going to have to have a, a Russian Imperial Stout. Am I right? And the version I had. Oh, I've heard of those. Yep. I don't think there was any <laughs> adjuncts in this, but there was barrel or mm. it was in a barrel. And is it is the Descent 21, and it is by Bent Sproke Brewing. So it comes in okay. um, at 10%, so not not super huge, a little over 10% actually. Um, not not a huge beer um, by, by your standards, but absolutely perfect. Yeah. The amount of barrel you get, oh, this is where you can never have too much barrel in a beer like this. It was not lacking no, not for barrel. Me, yeah character i haven't looked on the can to see if there were any specific barrels that they were using um, whether they were using an australian distillery or not but it was absolutely delicious it brought all the notes that you want from barrel it bought vanilla it bought oak it bought um a spirit of one type or another it, it was like a, a whiskey or a Diesel. bourbon right, yeah. yeah i can't actually tell you which one it was but it was absolutely delicious and i would say one of the uh, top five beers I've had this year. Easy. That's how good it was. It was really good, uh, really affordably priced. It was around the ten bucks Australian, and yeah, huge fan of it. Really delicious beer. Uh, I bought it in a four pack, which I don't often um, do that for such a big beer. But I hadn't had a a big Russian Imperial Stout for a while. Comes in a three seventy five mil count mill can which is the same size as a can of coke anywhere in the world um so i don't mm. know what that, that is in <clears> ounces <throat> but truly delicious um really really 
Um, excited the fact that I bought four of those suckers. Killer. Uh, Tony, I was uh, uh, actually, you know, I was going to ask you something about whiskey. Um, yep. Is Australian whiskey, did I ask you this already? Is it like peaty, smoky, like uh, like scotch whiskey, or is it more like bourbon where it's a little more, that, that taste is more subtle? It's it's far more subtle. Um, I okay. think scotch is, scotch, you really need to be a, a um, sort of um, be in a Scotland. Well, no, not so much that, but you've got to have the right waters for for scotch. Right. Oh, as yeah. peaty as it is, it really is right. about that that Scottish water more than more than anything else. So, oh, you rode you rode that ride too in Edinburgh. That's funny. There's a ride to tell you about the history of scotch. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, oh shit, I'm not joking. I have um, not, but hey. Tony, I uh, I went into the city this weekend. had to had to ride through the big tube um, that does that images your insides, and special magnets bounce around in there, and and they uh, and somehow a picture comes out or something. Um, so I had to do that, and I figured, ah, why don't I stay around, stick around here, and bounce around to some of my favorite old haunts. Um, so I hit up off color, off color, an all time favorite spot of mine. Um, and drank their newest version of a beer called Miscellanea. I don't know if I've ever talked about this beer on here before, but this is a uh, ongoing collaborative project collecting and incorporating the house yeast or house Brett's native yeast and wild cultures from the many wild and mixed fermentation breweries around the country near and dear to our hearts into a single fooder. Uh, the third iteration had... Um, Jackie O's, uh, Central State, Allagash, Chester King, and Side Project, as well as their own wild and native yeasts. So this is essentially just like a wild ale, you know, light color, light and co- yep. lightish in color. Um, maybe sort of like Vienna Lager colored, not quite though. Um, uh, don't have an SRM number for that. Sorry, uh, <laughs> and it's always tough to tell it. with sours um, yeah. what their SRM is because right, who knows? They, they're often got a little bit of cloudiness to them, and right, and yeah. This was insanely funky and earthy, uh, nice. a little tart, not mind-bendingly tart by any stretch of the imagination. Drank weirdly easy for something so complex. Um, and I loved it as usual. I've had all the ver- versions of this. They are killer. There is just a wild, there is a overload of weird funk and tartness going on all at once. Um, definite, definitely the horse blanket. If, you, if anyone's looking for the horse blanket, this has the horse blanket taste. If you're looking for it, um, I'm a you sucker can have for it. that. I know yeah, it's I love devi- that shit, divisive. But yeah. I, I like some barnyard. I like some funk. And that, that horse blanket is really. That's as, as far as I'll go before it pushes into like weird territory. Right. But horse blanket is perfect. Um, so that was a great time, and I did. I have a nice, I had a nice time over at Half Acre. Just want to point that out too. I did drink some a beer called Natural Pool, which was really good too. A West Coast, straight up West Coast IPA um, from them, um, and then of course. Uh, Tony, we have to bring back. Oh, I, I, by the way, I just want to clarify and make it obvious to everyone so that they don't think I missed anything. I did stop at Revel, or sorry, at Metropolitan and drink uh, a pint of, of Heliostat out of the draft. 
uh, on the patio to, 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 you know, cause I had to, I could not leave Chicago until I drank a pint of, of draft fresh Heliostat on the patio at Metro. It was fucking awesome. It's the best tasting beer in the city, but Tony, unfortunately this week, it is not going to be our logger of the week. Our logger of the week this week. Thank you for that. Is a pretty non-traditional lager I drank yesterday. A mosaic pilsner from Penrose. Uh, a very hoppy pilsner, I would call it. I would say a would you very go hoppy. Farris to say an IPL? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't as sweet as IPL is. It was, you know, IPL tends to be more like IPA to me than anything else. But yeah, this was still pilsner. It was spritzy. It was dry. Um, but it just had a very, very distinct mosaic flavor and it was really easy to drink. I just drank the regular Pilsner from them, which was also very hoppy, but just different, right? It's more like, I don't know, super saws or something that's, you know, fits the feels like more normal. Uh, this was very distinct. Um, so I think people, I think you'd have uh, people who like this or don't, you know, that are saying this is too fucking Neo for me. I don't like it. Um, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. So, um, I, I had a great time drinking that beer. It had a very distinct, like tropical fruit, you know, citrus flavor that comes with those hops, the mosaic. The mosaic. So, had an, uh, really enjoyed that. Sat at the tap room a little bit yesterday, and, and it's right down the street here from where I'm living. So, I was a big fan of that. And that's the lager of the week, Tony Mosaic Pilsner. You ever had any Pilsners with any of them weirdo, newfangled hops in there? Oh, of course. Um, one of my favourites, and it wasn't an IPL, it was a lager, is um, it was a brewery. I'm not sure whether it's still around. It was very original name, the Australian Brewery. They were one of the first uh, independent brewers in Australia to go to a can, and they used to have an Australian lager which had oh. Galaxy in it, and you you would not normally associate Galaxy with um, lager yeast strains no, and, and, no. and Pilsners, but... Um, this Aussie Pilsner was um, really, really nice. They, they got their Galaxy, at least for that year, spot on. So, um, Galaxy is, is yeah. one I haven't Galaxy seen. Galaxy hopped in IPA or lager, I'd get in there. Yep. And it's funny because I, so I drink this mosaic lager and then I immediately drink an all mosaic IPA that they also made. So I'm like, you motherfuckers got a big drop of mosaic in the house here. Yep. Congrats. No, I just <laughs> wonder with COVID whether we've, we're seeing sort of maybe in Australia we, we get to see more of the Australian hops and maybe in the US you're getting more quality out of you your American hops because they're not going internationally at the moment. Because we're getting chain more has changed, yeah. Yeah. Because we get we certainly in the past twelve months had more um fresh um like harvest ales where they're using hops that have just been picked and, and thrown straight into the beer, whether it be in the mash or or in the cold side or, or wherever that um, have just been plucked and put straight into beers. And right. we, d- we don't normally see many of those. I know Sierra Nevada have a harvest ale that, right. that sort of has always done that. But, um, yeah, for Australian hops, we've never had the quantity of Galaxy to actually do that or some of the other hops, Vic Secret, Ella, um, right. Summer. We're starting to see those more in fresh hot beers, and and they oh, work. The and summer they're hops di- are good. 
and they, they they're different again to how they are after they've been stored and processed. So, killer. Uh, Tony, some more beer things I got. I, I have a special, uh, a, a kind of brief edition, we'll say, of uh, a favorite segment of ours. It's Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hi, Tony. Uh, some some rough news. I know we talked about the skeleton key thing. I'm not including that in this because we already talked about it, and it's on the Discord if you need to see it, but that was sad. Some different rough news in that uh, the Falling Rock uh, Bar, I think it's just called Falling Rock Rock Tap House or something. I don't actually remember the real name of it. I just wrote that Falling Rock closed. Um, maybe it's Falling Rock Tap House, I think. Um, it closed in Denver. Falling Rock, a, like a mainstay of the beer world in terms of beer bars uh, in the U.S. Um, one of the first places outside of California, and maybe the first for all I know, to have Pliny the Elder on draft consistently. Um, had a huge amount of taps, a very unusual thing. Um, actually, a thing I often look at with disdain these yes. days, but I think for a classic like that that took such good care of the bar, it was okay. Yep, 90 plus um, Right. Um, but, you know, they've been open for quite a while and had maintained quality for a, for a long time. Brought a lot of Colorado breweries to the forefront. Um, had a lot of great beer from all over the country too, and sours and did sour events and, uh, had good food also. And it was right by Coors Field, which was convenient as well. If you're going to the ball game, um, a truly classic, um, you know, sort of, I call it nineties style beer bar, maybe early two thousands. And it feels like is we might be getting to the end of the era of this type of beer bar i wonder um with more breweries this is my uh, andy rooney moment here <laughs> but with more breweries uh opening their own tap rooms um something that wasn't necessarily the case you know 20 25 years ago um and also the advent of these more localized bottle shops with tap rooms in them that sort of have 10 12 15 draft lines maybe um, uh, it feels like, uh, the sort of, I don't know, destination beer bar that you might go to, um, is, is it with a lot of taps that lets you try a lot of beers from a lot of different places is maybe starting to fade away because people are more interested in, well, what's local, what can I get right here nearby or what, you know, what's hyped or what's sort of that I can get on the spot or wait in or, or whatever, or I'll just go to the closest place because I don't feel like I have to go all the way to falling rock anymore to get good beer. So it, it feels like this might be, I don't want to say falling rock. It means that all these places are going to go away. I don't think that's true, but I do think that it's going to change the, it might change the calculus a little bit about places like this. Well, I think you're right there. I think the fact that they they, won't be a destination anymore is is very true but i think they will still exist i think there's a perfect example of the model going forward in melbourne there's a beer bar called beer deluxe and it's located mm -hmm. in federation square now federation square right. is the most pedestrian trafficked um square in melbourne cbd in in the greater melbourne area actually and it is right near the central train station in melbourne you hop off the train there's a pub nearby or there's beer deluxe. Mm -hmm. So they give you two options within 50 metres. And so you don't have to travel to it. 
It differentiates itself from a standard Melbourne restaurant. Um, you know you can get a bunch of different beers on tap. They haven't got 90. I think theirs is around 40 on tap at any one right. time. But because of their location, it, it means that people aren't travelling to go and see them, but it's a stop-off. It's the first beer destination you may hit, and it may be um, is, is the kickoff to a larger um, drinking adventure. Right, at the pubs, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep, as you head out to the breweries all around Melbourne that are that are spaced out from the CBD or other pubs that um, are, are different. Um, there's the Charles Dickens, which is another 100 metres down the road, which is an underground pub. I was just going to say uh, we have some of those bars here in Chicago still, um, the Hop Leafs and Bavarian Lodge type places. Now, both of those places have identities as sort of other things, a German restaurant or a Bavarian, or a, uh, sorry, a Belgian restaurant. But I do think of places like the Blind Tiger in New York. Um, and there was a place we loved in Fort Collins called Tap and Handle, um, which was pretty busy. I mean, it's a bar, too. Like, it's a sports bar. So I wonder if maybe if they keep a, you know, they, they had maybe 30, 35 taps. Maybe if you keep a little more contained list, you have better luck. But it'll be interesting to see what happens to those places. Um, maybe one now that COVID's over, maybe it'll be like back to the boomtown days, you know, we'll yep. see. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, of course, you know, I had to, we had to play a game. Uh, this game is very much inspired by a recent email I got from of, who else but the gang over at Horace Age Dales, who have or are peddling another product <laughs> to me. And it was so outrageous that I felt like I had to create a game out of it. So I can't believe we hadn't done this before, but we are going to play the Horace Aged Ales edition of Two Brews and a Lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah. All right, Tony. Now we know how this game works. I haven't kicked you into any wells or anything or done anything to you, so everything's fine. Um, you normally this find is- me with this, don't you? I normally copper fine that i have to give to a uh, a nun oh this oh that's right yeah oh yeah i forgot yep of course um tony will have to uh give a give five million dollars to ben simmons the ben simmons recovery fund um they're going to try to save him um so if if tony can get win two of the three rounds he can avoid certain well no actually if you get two <laughs> of the three rounds you get the you get the gift of giving five million dollars to the ben simmons recovery fund if i recall and if you only can get one or zero of them uh you therefore just are chilling so maybe who knows if you want to win who knows Tony, I, I do think i think you might have more success this time i I'm, i think i got a little goofy here so we, we can see if um if you get if you get thrown but um i've got to do better than so. the last game that i was involved in that last yeah, that was, version of that was a tough untrapped one, was ooh, that was rough yeah, that was a brutal one. So this is a little goofier. We'll see where this goes. Um, so we have three rounds. Each have three beers in them. You have to guess one. You have to guess which one uh, I made up out of the magical power of my giant beer brain. And the other two are just what some moron from Horace created in real life with real beer. And I paid a lot of money for. He's not a moron. He's a great guy. But he does charge me a lot for this beer. Um so we got three rounds here. The first round I have called uh, Activate Pastry Bot. Um, bring him out if you can, Tony. You got Pastry Bot over there? Of course. There he is. 
Um, so here's three from the, now these are all pretty pastry and they, the, the well, you'll notice the categories overlap quite a bit, but that's all right. Um, so, uh, here's some, here's some pastry delights for you, uh, from the Horace repertoire. First one is called coconut convergence. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to give you, Tony. I'll give you the, I'll give you the name and description. Um, this is essentially what I'm giving you is exactly what Kyle from Horace wrote in the email. Okay. I just pasted it out of the email for all these. And then I'm giving you the alcohol percentage, the size of the bottle, and the price. Okay. Um, so this is Coconut Convergence. It is a uh, it Coconut Convergence is a Buffalo Trace bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with coconut candy, coconut syrup, coconut water, desiccated coconut, shredded coconut, and toasted coconut added. It was aged for 20 months and is 16.2 percent alcohol by volume. This was a 355 milliliter bottle, and it went for $22. Bargain. I was expecting yeah. that to be north of there. Well, here we go. Um, next up is Iker of Isis. I, uh, Iker of Isis is an imperial stout weighing in at 14.7 ABV. It is an imperial stout aged in coconut rum barrels with mixed berries and mixed nuts added. It came in a 650 milliliter bottle and cost $44. Okay. Double the bottle size, though. Almost. Right. Yeah, it's a big bottle. Right. All right. Here's another one. This one was called Toucan's Terroir. Toucan's Terroir is an imperial stout that comes in at 12.8%. It is a collaboration with Trader Vic's in Emeryville. Inspired by their famous banana coconut smuggler, it contains Musa bananas from Thailand, coconut water, and mountains of shredded young coconut, also from Thailand. This release will be sold as a set with a handmade, hand-painted tiki mug from Trader <laughs> Vic's, 650 milliliters, $75, and you get the mug. So How much? one thing that it's 75 Okay. So one thing that you aren't, I, I've talked about this before. There are often things that you get yeah, and you spend lots of money. So you have extra things, you get a, you get a glass, you get a, I mean, I famously got the big tiki mug with my membership and I have not used yet and I have to sell, but, um, so Tony, which one of those three did I make up? Well, I think I'm just yeah. going to pose a question to you. Are there tiki mug whales? I know there are tiki mug collectors, but we've talked about glass whales before. Are there tiki mug whales? And do the uh, two, I don't know. two worlds collide yeah. when you get to Horace? I don't know who the – I mean, tiki mug collectors, I think, are a different group than beer collectors, <laughs> which is weird. Um, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's a guy with 600 tiki mugs in his basement, right? I mean, Oh, for sure. They exist. It's 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 a camp thing. Um, mm -hmm. It the thing that t tips me off towards this, and I I could be wrong, but I don't know whether you've ever watched antique road shows. The, I have, yeah. I'm thinking specifically of the British version here, and sure. there, there's a antique that they have a specialist for, and they are the world's ugliest antiques, and I don't believe anybody would ever collect them, but apparently they're really sought after. And that is the Toby Jugs. Are you familiar oh, with Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, man. The, those things are ugly. So that says to me there's got to be thing, a, yeah. there's got to be a tiki collector out of there. Now, getting back to the question that you posed earlier, 
because there are giveaways and tchotchkes, I can see that being a giveaway with that size of beer for that price. And I also think that is a perfect beer and often the descriptions at Horace, I can visualise what I think that's, that beer is going to taste like through the descriptor. I'm actually going to say, for whatever reason, beer number one to me doesn't ring quite true. So I'm going to right. go with beer number one as the odd man out. That is the lie. Tony, this was the hardest one and you got it wrong. Um, uh, beer number one I did get and it was, and I haven't tried it yet, uh, but it was the all-time bargain of the Horace stuff. Yeah. Um, beer number two I didn't actually get, but it is also a real beer. Um, I made up beer number three. Beer oh. number three came out of my brain. Um, uh, Trader Vic's is a famous tiki bar. Uh, and uh, I did find the name of those little Thailand bananas. So there you go. Um, but doesn't that sound delicious? You should be in re- recipe development. That's yeah, they should delicious. bring me on, bro. Yeah, coconut banana uh, stout. I, I'd, hell, I'd drink it. I'd pay for it. I, I don't know if I want the mug. <clears throat> yeah, but we'll you get want into the that. mug. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah, well, I got one already. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into that later. All right, next round, Tony. Okay. <clears throat> next round for Tony. Uh, this is called Mega Barrel. This is just monster barrel beers, mega barrel. So here's number one. The biggest barrel age beer I've ever released, Stellar's Stasis, is an English-style barley wine that comes in at 17.1%. It was Oof. aged for 26 months in Pappy Van Winkle 23-year barrels that previously held maple syrup for six months. It was then conditioned in a French oak food drawer for three additional months before bottling. During my most recent visit to Kentucky, I met with the team at Pappy Van Winkle and was able to procure a set of Pappy 23 tasting glasses. This will be sold as a set. Pricing will be re- released as soon as I get the invoice, but you shouldn't have to take out a second mortgage. Really? 355 <laughs> milliliters wax dipped, $80 for the set. Uh. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You might need to take out a second mortgage. Remember, you've got to pay right. for this membership as well that you, that's yeah, hard to come that's by. That's what I was saying, yeah. All right, number two. Um, number two is Duppy Dolphin. Duppy Dolphin is a Blanton's barrel-aged imperial stout with coconut candy, coconut sugar, desiccated coconut, marshmallows, and muscovado sugar added. It is 13.5% alcohol and spent 22 months in barrels phantom porpoise is a buffalo trace bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with coconut sugar coconut syrup marshmallows muscovado sugar raw coconut and toasted coconut flakes added it is 13.7 percent abv and also spent 22 months in barrels and this one costs 44 dollars for the two 355 milliliter bottles you can only buy it as a set cool don't have any questions there. I was wondering where the name came from, but um, yeah, once Duppy, the- Duppy Dolphin, Phantom yeah. Porpoise. Um, and here's number three. Number three, the name of the email was uh, Imperial Stout Set for, or last Imperial Stout Set for Year Three members. And this was each set uh, includes one bottle of the following beers. Uh, Longest Barrel Ride, a non-adjunct Imperial Stout 
aged in Eagle Rare bourbon barrels for 40 months, 355 milliliters. Palace's Pedigree, non-adjunct Imperial Stout, aged in Old Fitzgerald bourbon barrels for 25 months. Granddaddy Grizzly, Imperial Stout aged in Old Granddad bourbon barrels for 22 months with blueberries, chocolate, coffee, hazelnuts, and marshmallow pecans, and vanilla added. Avaceta Lufoltz, a uh, Missouri Oak Fooder aged Imperial Stout with chocolate, coffee, graham crackers, marshmallows, mixed nuts, and vanilla beans added. 14 months in oak, uh, a collaboration with Equilibrium Brewery. Grasp Distraction, Grasp's Distraction, Imperial Stout with Coconut, Geisha Coffee, Hazelnuts, and Vanilla added. A collab with American Solera, 650 milliliters. A Sky, and Skyrider, Imperial Stout with Blueberry Coffee and Peanut added. A collaboration with Holmes, 650 milliliter bottle. And you got a special Restall Harmony Glass. This box set with six beers and one glass was 260 and I think, for whatever reason, the last one is the fake beer. Now, the second one, I, I was sort of put off by how the description's written, but then I could see how that in an email was written that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was the one I really raised questions about. It was between the first and the third for me. But for whatever reason, I, I think you enjoyed just coming up with a bunch of beers. Coming up with the names and the crap, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And you needed then to fit it into a game. And so I think this is the reason why this game actually started. So I'm going to go with with the third beer out out of all those. Well, Tony, you just saved yourself $5 million because you're wrong. Oh, Um, yes. I made up the first one. Uh, Fuck. That was my uh, first instinct. Especially where I said that the pricing will be released as soon as I get the invoice, but you shouldn't have to take out a second mortgage. <laughs> but the thing that threw me then was that you gave a price. <clears throat> and it was like... <laughs> well, he will sometimes send emails about the beers before he sends you the pricing. Um, yep. So it's not always all included. So, um, The third set I did buy, embarrassingly enough, I did buy the six beer glass and glass... For $260, like a real idiot, um, I did buy that. So, And how was it? I haven't gotten it yet, sitting in oh. my friend Frank's house. He had to pick it up for me because we, we bought it right when we left Vegas. Okay, quick question, and it's something that's just occurred to me. How are you going to sell the beers when you're in Vegas? Because it's not like you're in Chicago where you can stick them in a, a basement and you're going to be fine basically all year round and the be- beer's not going to age. Are you going to stick everything in a fridge and just only... No, it's probably fridge it, yeah. I have, a, I have a secondary fridge, so I can just stash it in the fridge. Okay, cool. I'm just not going to keep as much beer, please, Lord. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> That's a lie. I mean, Carting it out of my house, yeah. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah! All right, last round. We got one more. Okay. This this one I've called extreme eye poppers. <laughs> these are the these are just really expensive. I've so, got no chance with this one. You could have fucking sturgeon caviar in it for all we fucking know. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So here's number one. Almost two years in the making, my first packaged barley wines are ready. To mark this momentous occasion, I had a woodworker in Oregon make custom boxes <laughs> with beautiful teak lids procured from Hawaii. They feature original artwork of Uncle Maris checking the waves at Oceanside Pier. <laughs> no way. That's an otter, fake. if you're wondering who Uncle Maris is. Being my, wait till you hear the rest of them. Being my favorite style of beer, I could not be more excited to finally release this project. That is 100% each, real. <laughs> each wooden box set includes the glass teased on Instagram a few days ago, along with the following four beers. Rhyme of the Ancient Maris, a Blanton, Blanton's bourbon barrel-aged barley wine. Arctic Circle of Life, an Eagle Rare barrel-aged barley wine. Nectar of the Otter, a Weller bourbon barrel-aged barley wine with Ugandan vanilla. And Fur and Feather Flock Together, a blend of Blanton's barley wine and Blanton's imperial stout. So that's like a strong ale blend. Um... This set with the box and the glass, you got a glass too, uh, 355 milliliter bottles all the way around, What uh, is $280. I, I, I gave you three fingers. I thought it was going to be three bills on the, on the knocker. So 280 is, mm-hmm. is where I had that sucker. And I think that's real for whatever reason. That seems like something you would get from your Horace membership. Number two. Uh, Double Dose is a French oak barrel-aged imperial stout weighing in at 12.5%. It has twice the amount of chocolate, twice the amount of coffee, twice the amount of hazelnuts, and twice the amount of vanilla added than the usual dose treatment. This is the most adjunct heavy beer I've ever made. The majority of the tank was bags of hazelnuts, and it received four different vanilla treatments. It was 650 milliliters and $57. But... Yeah, that's that's expensive, but you've got so much loss out of that. Okay, that could be real or fake. I'm not sure. Okay, continue on, my good sir. All right. Number three. I'm happy to announce an upcoming release, Carrera's Parrot. This 15.8 Imperial Stout is a collab with Revolution and the Art Institute of Chicago and contains Twinkies and Ding Dongs found in the bag of that guy who got killed by the Sentinelese tribe. Jasper Johns will be hand-painting each bottle. Once I get the import tax bill from Indian Customs, I'll have a price point, but you might want to take a few spins at Megabucks just in case. It was $149 for 650 milliliters. Now... You know, of course, I do a bit of painting. Are you familiar with what kind of painting I do? I do encaustic work these days. Oh, yeah. What does Jasper Johns do? He's an encaustic artist. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, There's no way one of these bottles would, even if they're mass-produced, would go for only $150. $150, Mm -hmm. $150,000, maybe. So the last one there is fake. I thought maybe you. I didn't. I think it's funny that the Jasper Johns part threw you, and not the Twinkies and Ding Dongs. Oh, no, that that was found in the bag of that guy who got (laughs) killed by the Sentinelese tribe. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) I know, but it was like out of all the artists you can pick, that's who you pick. Somebody who I am intimately familiar with. I just Uh, had to find one that was living. That was really the most. I just wanted somebody who's very famous that was alive. That was sort of the most important thing I needed to get. Yep, he's, I also thought about doing Ansel using Ansel Adams photography for it, but I'm not sure he's still alive. Actually, he's not. But the Ansel Adams yeah. Museum have been known to license their stuff. Um, 
if you really wanted to to make it realistic, you would have gone for somebody like a Jeff Koons kind yeah. of artist. I didn't. Want, I clearly didn't want to make it realistic because he had to get Twinkies and Ding Dongs from the bag of <laughs> the guy who got killed by the Sentinelese. Do you remember that guy? I was thinking about that guy the other day. I don't know why. And that reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's about uh, American trash and how it affected realistically in a, an African tribe. And that that is the gods must be crazy. Have you ever watched that film? I haven't, no. It's where a Coke bottle gets dropped into an African tribe. Jesus. And they all get, like, tuberculosis or something. Well, no, it's just the journey of what happens to this Coke bottle. Um, mm. Yeah, very 80s movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, haven't watched it. Well, Tony, you nailed it. That one was fake. I, uh, they did not get an email from Horace that told me that Jasper Johns would be hand-painting <laughs> their stout they made. Um, and I also just looked on the art Institute for pictures with birds in them because, uh, and that's how I came up with the name. If you're wondering, <laughs> it was a very p- pretty picture of a lady showing her, her, uh, from the 1700s where a lady shows her, her titty and it has a bird with her also. Oh, uh, that, that, that was good. That I will say, if you had picked different artists and gone a little less extreme with your, no. <laughs> your, your just, the um, idea that um, he was killed um, over Twinkies and Ding Dongs. Um, he didn't get killed over the Twinkies and Ding Dongs. He was trying to, I believe he was trying to preach the Bible oh, to that the dude. most, yep. un, it was the uncontacted peoples off yep. the coast of India. I remember that dude. And he got, you know, he got shot to death with arrows and all, and all of us were like, well, I don't, I, yeah, you I can't tell that. if I think this is bad or not. I mean, it's maybe a little bit of an extreme reaction, but. Not really. Um, if that's how their society has functioned and been able to function and they've been able to thrive, we can't then right. go in and impose our, our norms. And I, I do mean world norms, not even Western norms right. on these people. Right. If they're happy surviving, they're not interfering with other people. They're on their own island doing their own thing. They're just over there. Yeah, they're out there. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. You are essentially trying to be a colonial power and and preach your ideas to them, whether that be God or even the modern world or or modern values. I want to take a few spins at Megabucks just in case. Anyways. (laughs) And that was a tip-off as well. Oh yeah, you think? Um, all right, Tony, you went one for three. Way to get the way to get the one that I made. I I had written in my head just to be a total fucking asshole. But maybe we'll um, get Ben Simmons's playoff free throws to to thirty percent next season. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, well, you don't have to pay it now, so now you're going to have to. You know, now you, maybe you're just donating out of pocket. You know, five bucks here, yep. five bucks there for for Ben. Hang in there, Ben. Ben Strong, that's what I like to say. We're the yellow band and everything. Um, all right, Tony, I think we have done enough here. What do you think? I, I think we have, yes. I think we've done good work. I think we even had an interruption during the middle of it. And I could have vamped for a good five minutes there, but I decided not to. I think that's more a Griff thing when we have a connection issue that Griff continues to talk. I just can't do yep. that. I'm I'm sort of get get a sentence out and then I'm done. So I, I decided yeah. not to do that. I'll edit it out. Maybe I'll give you the correct file this time. Only now if you're hearing this and you've made it to the end of the show will you know that um, we've had an issue and I've actually edited the, the correct file because if I edit the wrong file, all you'll get is silence, just like last week. Oops. I would apologise if I gave a fuck. I don't. Oh. 
it was there out by one day. Who gives a fuck? And We're I, off by two days now, baby. I mean, whatever. And it should be noted that I at, at swear at least once during this show to make sure I have to put the explicit explicit tag on it. So that's why there's always at least one swear word. I just said titty, I think. So I mean, it's, you did I say just, titty, which for you is is yeah. is up there. Yeah, I'm a I'm a church going boy, as you know. And that, that's kidding. something we'll have to discuss on the um, podcast. At some Religion? Stage. No, I'm no, <laughs> no, no. Something much more salient in the fact that in Australia the word "cunt" doesn't have the um, no, yeah, the that's different here. Extremely negative connotation because somebody can be right. a great cunt. That 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 bloke is a top cunt. Yeah, he's yep. a top that's individual. It. Yep, that's something I've heard. Is that uh, people will just call you that, and that's fine. I um. <laughs> Just here, here it's different, and uh, it's just like this—the you know the cigarette thing. You can't do that anymore. You know, with the the bad word for cigarettes, we can't you can't use that. So we can't use that in um, Australia anymore. But if you want to contact a couple of top cunts, you can do that on Untapped. Um, I'm Saint Moz on Untapped, and Griff is Griff AD on Untapped. You can um, find us via email, like Corey, and maybe Griff will read your email fourteen days later. Griff, what oh, is that yeah, email? That's true. Uh, beer engine show at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Uh, t- tell us if you know any other broadcasters that have uh, gone and uh, cucked their owners um, from, you know, uh, that might be dead too. I don't know. Uh, send us an email. Let us know. I'll, I will eventually find out and read it. Um, another thing you could do is get on Instagram. Beer engine pod is our Instagram. Uh, and that's pretty much the places you can find us um, and get on our Discord. Like I said earlier, yep. send us an email, send us a DM, and I will eventually put you into the Discord and you can come party with us. I did forget to mention our buddy Nick Torque did post a fascinating story about uh, Celti, um, uh, the history of Celti, he called it. <laughs> so um, I would, you know, you can give that a watch if you get into the group. So there's some other some other content in there that you guys can get on. So come party with us. It's a good time. Maybe do a live show once I get to Vegas and not a live show, whatever that is. We do a hang, do a live hang. When, once I get to Vegas, no, no live shows in Vegas. I <laughs> the last one of those I went to went horribly awry. So we don't need to repeat that anytime soon. What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about there. Yeah. Neither of us do really. Um, all right, Tony, I got nothing else. Anything, any final, final greetings for our guests? Um, our host, our, no, I'm the host. Our <laughs> listeners, how about them? Let's go, Phoenix. Yeah, come on, Phoenix. Let's do it. All right, gang, later on. <laughs>